Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the great wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes are under attack by goo-fueled dwarves. Butthole made sure their enemies weren't zombies. Quinny started teleporting through combat. Juniper engaged with the unholy beasts. And Reginald nearly ran away before being threatened back into line. Can they defeat a weapon even Archibald Tingler failed to master? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. Reginald Tingler enters the fray with a, a <laughs> mighty, definitely heroic, definitely not cowardly battle cry, uh, appearing next to his erstwhile kind of brother, uh, Butthole. Um, the two very large men cram uh, the, the doorway um, and and pretty much keep it blocked off, which is like, good news for you, Quinny. Um, as the, the one goo monster uh, rope belt uh, dwarf and the, the others um, sort of like try and fight their way past. Um, but uh, as we established, uh, Reginald's action goes off uh, after Juniper's action. Juniper, you moved, uh, you moved in, uh, but I don't believe you got a chance to do any cool stuff. You just got got your 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 move. So I let's... think did Quinny and I do a cool misty step? You past did. Each you other? absolutely did. But you didn't get to like smack anything around. Uh, right. So uh, you you appear next to your uh, your your uh, appropriate quarry. You've got. Um, the one kind of like broken up dwarf that's looking increasingly more goo-like given how damaged uh, he is. That's kind of inchworming away. Um, and then you've got uh, the other guy who is uh, affectionately now known as other guy uh, <laughs> who is too broken to move and whose body is kind of uh, we established like kind of like a, uh, a bunch of people under yeah. uh, under a sheet uh, bouncing around and doing stuff. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll, uh, I'll kind of move towards uh, inchworm first mm-hmm. who can still move Mm -hmm. and uh, try to dispatch him it uh i don't know (laughs) fuck my my moonbeam still going it is yes huh do you know what maybe i'll just be like moonbeam protect me over here (laughs) just the moonbeam will just shift (laughs) onto these two guys I like how like we have this hugely dramatic like moment of, of the two of you swapping positions. It's it's you know like 
this beautiful like, like cool anime moment everything's amazing and then you're just kind of like hey over here move that spotlight like it's <laughs> you just yeah and over at the door you're seeing an epic battle of two brothers holding zombies within this ray that is just destroying them this amazingly you know defensible position it's just an epic moment then juniper teleports out of the back of combat and takes the weapon with her so they're just <laughs> fighting now in the open like, what the hell happened this was supposed to be a plan <laughs> yeah, Reginald yeah, suddenly doesn't probably, really. Reginald isn't sure why <laughs> why he was so inspired to rush in uh, if if this is what yeah. he was rushing into. I really should have left the moonbeam here. I should have used no, no, my no, sword. You, no. But I you made, made that choice. choice. You got it. You got to back it up. It's fine. Where pots <laughs> Listen, and my characters cannot no like what you did, and you can still do it, and that's <laughs> how D and D works. Twenty likes what you did because he's immediately like, "This is punishment for you trying to run away." Yeah, butthole himself gently kicks you at that point. <laughs> Not helping. All right. Um, All right. So the moonbeam uh, moves over onto these these two clowns. Um, and uh, forgive me. They got to make con saves. Thank DC you. sixteen. It's just become like a, a it's gonna say daily occurrence, but we don't record these every day. <laughs> we should. It would be a real treat. Um, okay, con saves. Oh, I rolled like. Fucking garbage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> one of one of my boys rolls okay, one rolls badly. So I'm gonna say the one that is is moving rolled okay, uh, because he is moving and can conceivably get out of the moonbeam. The one who is not moving, bad, 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 bad. So well, what happens? I don't know how bad because I rolled two d10 and I got a total of three. <laughs> It hasn't got to you yet. The beam started its way over, and it's just caught their foot. Yeah, it's just and sparking. They just took three damage, like just because they're like having a rough time. Like it's not even moonbeam related. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's an unrelated unrelated injury. Um, what a waste of a moonbeam move. Yeah, it's okay. It's not like you abandon your friends to use it. Oh wait, wait a minute. No, um, no. This oh. is yielding amazing results. This is. I mean, this the important is thing is the payoff. Right now, this is this is the Bernie Madoff of investments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're still waiting on the Bernie. <laughs> yeah, make a big off of this uh, yeah. of this joke. Making big moves, no profit. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, how do we make a profit? Shh. Moonbeam. You put more yeah. money in, and then I move the moonbeam over there. I no, I just convince you all that you all still have moonbeams. Don't worry. <laughs> don't take your moonbeams out. You have them. They're there. That's out that's of where I don't know your accounts. Whatever. Butthole and Reginald just stop fighting because they they're yeah. being told there's a moonbeam still there. Listen. Just getting pummeled, being like, I don't know. I don't think this one's as effective. There as the other are moonbeams for all of you, but I can only give a moonbeam to one of you at a time. <laughs> but look how happy that one person is. That one person is thrilled. And then next time I'll give a moonbeam to someone else. And I swear it's a different moonbeam. Different moonbeam. Yeah, yeah. This is going to work out fine. All right. I've got a new moonbeam caster joining the organization. So they're going to be providing you with one moonbeam. Also, listen, if your downstreams can provide more moonbeams, that will mean that you in turn gain more moonbeams. Uh, yeah. See, oh the real God. problem is we're not training more paladins. <laughs> <laughs> it's a palamid scheme. We need to get more paladins into our temple. Palinzy scheme? I don't know. I, I think you just call a, it a palamid scheme. A palinzy scheme. scheme. 
I also like that, Ryan, you, if you found a way to just bring it to a literal pyramid scheme. <laughs> I know. That's why I had to bring it back to the temple. I, love I was it. like, then we can build so a pyramid. Much. We're set. Uh, that's very good. Um, okay. So what isn't very good is the damage Juniper did. Uh, that's a bummer. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're still very much alive. Um, so that brings us kind of back into our janky initiative order. Um, <laughs> they got fucked up by, by Reginald's cowardice into her heroism. Um, Quinny, uh, you've just been kicked by butthole uh, for for snark um yep. <laughs> snark snark <laughs> man that's just been sitting there for six for seasons six huh? seasons yep <laughs> jesus all right six well, seasons and a bushel of episodes <laughs> 70 deep bushel yeah. of episodes um great so yes uh do your snark snark um what uh, what do you do you've got uh, you can see the 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 the, the zombie miners um uh, kind of like trying to to attack uh, Butthole and Reginald. They're no longer in the Moonbeam. Yep. Um, and uh, as we established, Rope Belt uh, is gooified. Uh, so its attacks have very much become like those those spiky T-1000 uh, yeah. arm jabs. Uh, hey, here's a novel idea. Why don't I Eldritch Blast them into a Moonbeam? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to mm-hmm. say, now that, you, now that you've got your Eldritch Blast powers... When Butthole takes a knee to allow a dog's purpose, what does it look like with Eldritch Blasts involved? Oh, that's more majestic than me just imagining Quinny kind of like scrambling through your legs going pew pew and just <laughs> running away again. Um, yeah, Butthole's gosh, kick much... turns into a back leg lowering down to give you okay. space. Uh, then it's a, uh, uh, it's like a, a John Woo diving through the air uh, but instead of a gun, it's uh, eldritch crackling energy yes. sh- surging forth in a beam from my clenched fist as I kind of Iron Man uh, point my fist out. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be the two most, the two closest um, enemies to our little, what would you call this, a phalanx? Uh, yeah, it's in the ballpark. Yeah, that we've got going on in the doorway, pushing them into the new location of the uh, of the moonbeam. So okay. I got to roll the hit on these. There you go. Juniper moves the moonbeam, and we just throw zombies at her. That's, <laughs> that's the right. deal. <laughs> yep. Okay, so that's going to be a nineteen on the first one. Yep. And a twelve on the second one. Twelve on the second one. Um, the nineteen certainly hits. Uh, the 12 will, pardon me one moment while I check my stats here. Definitely hit. The suspense Fortunately, is it will not hit. <sighs> okay. So 1d10 of damage, however, full damage. So that's 10. 10 damage and one of these bozos gets pushed 10 feet. Cool. So we're going to say that's Rope Belt, given <laughs> that um, he's currently the scariest one. Um, he's the, the gooified one. Okay. Um, so just like, you know, your, your John Woo fist of, of Iron Man, uh, it sort of comes out in front of you. Presumably doves fly out of somewhere. Somewhere. Um, it's the bag uh, of holding. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's literally butthole's tummy. Just two doves take off from oh inside God. his gut. And, you yeah. know, every it, time it costs... you say tummy, I love it so much. Like I love it more and more every time. It's the tummy bag. It's where it goes. Like, yeah. oh, the tummy bag. I love it. All right, well, the anatomical cost... terms at, at, at play here when we talk about butthole's tummy is also funny to me. <laughs> Just yeah, we all failed. Butthole's anatomy. tummy bag. Think through oh, that one for a second. Yeah, what are you picturing yeah. now? 
<laughs> uh, it's it, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Gray's Anatomy is just the the, yeah. the text, the massive, massive tome of medical knowledge. Butthole's tummy bag. I mean, it's got to be in there and like beautifully <laughs> scrawled ink, oh, that, right? That's classic. Because I was going to say that mental picture is brought to you by David Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shonda Rhimes actually cites uh, Butthole's tummy bag as the. The passage that inspired Grey's Anatomy. Um, yeah, I guess she what McSteamy's like in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's like, <laughs> he can fit so many things in his tummy bag. How many people can these doctors fit in their hearts? Um, yeah. Nobody uses many. the bathroom after McSteamy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so I, I spend a point of stress to have doves come out of Butthole's tummy bag. Um, <laughs> And uh, oh yeah, that's uh, what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job to keep the thread somewhere back deep, deep, far away. Um, so uh, the Eldritch Blast uh, flies out of your hand, um, and as uh, you know, it's like one of those classic moments where like uh, Rope Belt is lurching forward with another one of these spike blasts, and the Eldritch Blast just like um, uh, I believe the technical term is splorches through the goo, um, just kind of like uh, stopping the uh, the fist from cris- from crystallizing properly, and instead it blasts backward. And it's kind of like, very much like T-1000, it hits itself, um, and the goo kind of like the spikes shoot back through it, uh, not impaling it, but just kind of being absorbed as, as liquid coming out the back. But the momentum of the blast is such that it, it still tosses uh, this thing uh, kind of pinwheeling back um against uh in, into the moonbeam so um juniper go ahead and roll your oh i rolled a i rolled a, a one just an a, a nat one so <laughs> well that's enjoy. a bit better uh that's 12 radiant damage um 12 you say radiant you say rolled yep. a one you say um <laughs> The uh, the goo undulates uh, horrifically in the uh, the the ray of the uh, the moonbeam, um, and you can actually see it kind of uh, uh, crackle and burn a bit. And uh, the rope belt, uh, basically, as as uh, he flies through the moonbeam, um, kind of starts to to, to turn ashy uh, and kind of a uh, Buffy without the instant fall into dust thing. Uh, however, then his body hits the wall, and there's just kind of like a as uh as rope belt uh turns to to ash uh the nice radiant damage is super effective um is that hard pew, pew, pew. is that one down 11 to go i mean i mean there's Christ. two okay. there's two in the moonbeam <laughs> yeah it all right it's long just, for this world well yeah <laughs> um all right yeah so, i thought about that too <laughs> Um, okay, so that is uh, Quinny. Uh, well played. Uh, anything else you want to do before you turn wraps? Uh, yeah, as I land, uh, it is that kind of embarrassing uh, running between t- two large men's legs to get back to a safe position. Uh, Quinny can move through the spaces of, of larger creatures because of his halfling nimbleness, and it full on is like cool landing stance, and then just like yeah, just like scrambling back. Behind butthole and Reginald. Yeah, that's your equivalent of, of, and I mean, I'm glad the new film finally addressed it. But like Batman taking his cowl off and just having to be like, eh, now, uh, now I gotta get all this makeup off because it's the only <laughs> way I can look cool. Yeah. Um, all right, great. Uh, so Quinny, that's you. Uh, that brings us to. 
Oh, man, I, I pooched this order. I think Queenie may have just got a free round, but that's okay. That's what friends are I can, for. I could lose one later. doesn't matter to me. No, nah, no, nah, it's all good, man. There's mm. There are 11 more. I'm not. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, Butthole, uh, you were technically up, and then Quinny got a free one because he's sneaky like that. He's, he's so sneaky, he snuck back into the initiative order. Um, what do you do? Great. Uh, knowing that there are 11 more of these and he is still holding this stupid thing, uh, Butthole just starts yelling, just, ah, and he is just farting incredibly rhythmically, just again. Every single one of these little buttholes hanging onto a hammer just, like, gives Quinny these little flying smooches on the way past because he's at leg height. So he's just getting, like, pummeled with little radiant kisses uh, as they then sweep out to create, like, a combat field around butthole. Uh, And while he is yelling, uh, he also... Using his bonus action, you just see from them flying around him golden energy begin to surround his body. Uh, and he is using his bonus action to cast Shield of Faith so he can choose a creature within 30 feet. He's choosing himself uh, to increase their AC by two. So his AC in combat will now be 25. Whoa! Jesus. Hachimashi. Ah. Hello, I am Bernard Sherbert, the survivalist Rupert from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I am here to help you survive the boredom of day-to-day life by helping to engage in the wonderful storytelling, whimsy, comedy, and occasional tragedy of the Dum Dums and Dragons adventures. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that is D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and you can join for as little as $1 a month, which will gain access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with other people who have also listened to the things you have listened to and seen the things you have seen and thus can describe them with you or at higher levels you can get ad free feeds where you can avoid ads like this one or alternatively at even higher levels you can add an npc name like bourbon gerbert was or you can add your own npc that you build at the highest level and get your name in the credits name in the credits name in the credits sorry i had to say that three times because it is very 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 cool this has been Bourbon Sherbert, encouraging you to go join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you in the future. Bleep bloop. All right. I need to make a couple rolls. Give me a second here. Cool. Um, so with the uh, the bright golden light of uh, of the, the small cavalcade of, of buttholes, um, the the creatures recall just as you you saw the gerbil do earlier. Um, they are it's such a small space uh, that to be so filled with with kind of radiant golden light plus the moonbeam is just like it's become a tremendously hostile environment for these these creatures. So um, Ryan, what's the the damage on on your your little hammer guardians? Okay, so hammer guardians is anybody who enters the field or we've mm-hmm. said if they start in it, uh, they have to make a wisdom saving throw. DC 18. Oh, okay. Yep. Good. They failed. They both failed. Great. Both groups. Then they take 3d8 radiant damage. Nice. Which in this case will be 14 radiant. Sounds like 28 radiant to me. Um, So, yeah, just like uh, screams and screeches all around. Um, All of the remaining dwarves uh, start to undulate as... um, goo kind of bursts from them uh but the goo is all actively trying to get away now uh so they they are are, are breaking to flee um this horrific golden room 
Reginald and Butthole, and honestly, Quinny, you're you're like between their legs. I think all three of you can take a tax of opportunity if you so desire, uh, or you can just let these things go. Is your your other other mm-hmm. option? Fuck these things. This is Team Mer- Butthole. Like these things remind him of Archibald. Must die. Cannot be harnessed for evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reginald has no interest in finding out if these things can regroup in the dark because <laughs> that seems like the kind of thing evil goo can do. I can't speak for Quinny, but they're just going to smash shit. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'll take a swing at these guys. Wait, <laughs> Quinny the Merciful is taking a swing? You're known for your giving of second chances to I, enemies. I, this is my heel turn in season six. <laughs> I'm going to be surly now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Paul Heyman becomes your handler. Like, it just everything changes so fast. Uh, yeah. All right. Um Cool. Uh, so go uh, ahead and take- also worth noting, Tom. When they enter the the Hammer Guardians field, if they're trying to get past us, uh, it slows their speed in half while they're within it. So they're not trying to get past you. They're trying right. to go for the because you guys came in through the the side door. Yeah, uh, through the wall. They're going to try and go out through the main front door. Cool. Um, which is like the way I'm imagining this again. It's a circular room. So off to your left and Juniper, also off to your left, I guess, because uh, you're you're facing the same direction. Yeah. Um, so they're going to try and scoot that way, uh, but it would make sense to me that it will take them at least one term of ha- turn of half the movement in order to to get outside of the Hammer Guardian field. So you can take a bunch more hits then. Beautiful. Uh, okay, so they fail their wisdom saves. Uh, they take a bunch of radiant. Uh, they're all looking pretty rough. Um, that brings us to their turn. So, uh, both and then groups. you said attacks of opportunity, right? Should we oh, I'm those? sorry. Yes, please, 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 please. Cool. You can give me those. Reginald gets a whole 12. Sorry, man. Quinny uh, lashes out with the breach of contract and <laughs> gets a 27. And butthole I mean, that would hit butthole. With... So yeah, sure, great. That'll hit these guys for sure. <laughs> butthole swinging in uh, with a twenty-three. Yep. All right. Nice. So only only Reggie misses, but uh, butthole and Quinny both get through. I think Reginald is just also blinded by the spinning bright lights. <laughs> <laughs> this is all confusing to him. Yeah, the, the grim dark universe is just like degrees darker, just because of course it is. Uh, it's got like that shitty modern film lens that everyone uses. So just any real tremendously bright light is like, ah, <laughs> this is only for fires. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm juicing it with the, the poison on my blade. Mm. So we are looking at, uh, sorry, uh, that's 13, that's 15, and then plus 7, uh, 15 plus 7, 22? Yep. Yeah, baby. Yeah, 22 damage. Uh, Butthole is swinging in while covered in gold energy with hammer farts, uh, and he's also going to use uh, farts of fury, his divine cleric fueling power, because this is the first time he's hit something this turn. (laughs) So he will be doing 11 regular damage plus 12 radiant damage. Hmm. Sounds like 24 radiant damage to me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so if it's doubling, it's 22 radiant and 11 regular, Tom. Oh, okay. Well, could have had that too. Thirty-three would have been free. Um, okay, so um, Quinny and, and Butthole, you both, uh, Jaunty Jim and Tin Can Sam, are no more uh, under the the fury of your your blows. Um, and again, same same sort of effect. Um, you you see the uh, the goo uh, just kind of turn turn ashen. Um, it doesn't. Uh, 
I think Quinny for yours, it's kind of like off of the blade. It just kind of crackles out. And I think as you pull it out, it's, it's one of those kind of like, um, I'm thinking like, honestly, my brain keeps saying Pompeii, but that's completely wrong. Cause all of those, those folks were like encased in magma and right. weren't like brittle. Could I think like where my head is actually fatality. With, yeah, like a Sub-Zero blade. Fatality or uh, in Ghostbusters where they're like punching through uh, Zool and uh, oh, yeah. uh, Vince Cortho, uh, the the giant dogs. And they're just like, it's like punching through plaster. Right. Like it's that kind of thing. So you pull it out, except, you know, your friends aren't inside. It's just you, you pull it out and it kind of like <laughs> parts of it chunk off and fall away. Um, but uh, it really is like an ash statue, uh, okay. an ash you, if you will. Um, I won't, but go on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Honestly, it sucks to say, so I'm glad it's not It's not going to be my fetch. It's not going to become yeah, a thing. No. I never um, asked you to do that again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, part of it slides out with you, but um, both are, are very dead. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Nine to go. <laughs> yep. Uh, they are they are going to go though. I think with the amount of radiant in this room, uh, it's it's bad as All right, so they're gonna they're gonna try and scoot. Bad scooting. Uh, so Ryan, go ahead and roll your hammer guarding damage. Great. Uh, so they'll have their wisdom save again. So DC eighteen. Yeah, that's what I just rolled. It, oh, it, beautiful. It, it, All right. Good. So the damage <laughs> will be eleven radiant damage, uh, which will double to twenty two. Okay. Holy shit. We figured it out, y'all. Radiant damage. Which uh, Moonbeam does also, right? Yep. Okay, yep. that's good. So uh two more uh two more die uh in the the attempt to escape. A couple of them are a little uh heartier though. Um so they, they rush past, uh but um generally speaking the mob is is thinning pretty quickly. So they're gonna do double double move but that really means they only get like a move and a half so they're they're not out of the room they're just like near the door definitely within moonbeam moving range before you ask uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh that is that is their turn and then juniper for you inchworm is also going going to try and get out of there um and this same is, problem this is his turn right yeah yeah so he's got to make a yeah, throw. they both they both fail. So uh, Inchworm and other guy are both. Oh, fucked. delightful! That's eleven damage, radiant damage. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds to me like yeah, you get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so the the one who can't move uh, turns to Ash. Uh, Inchworm is looking real rough, but is is still. God damn, Inchworm! Make, making tracks. Um. Okay, so remaining, you've got... Uh, how many are dead now? Two, three, four, five. Um, by my count, you've killed six. Does that sound right to everybody else? I believe uh, you. I thought it was five or six. Yeah. Cool. Um, six so, have died when six. we look around the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or five, again, like God changes his mind. The the room is <laughs> is clearing out uh, as as quickly as possible. So essentially, like the way this is going to work is we're going to the top of the initiative order. Uh, you can try and kill these things as fast as you can, or you can let them scoot. It sounds like you want to kill them. So good yeah. luck and happy hammering. Um, yeah. But uh, you basically have until the end of this round before they'll be able to just run away unless you do something else to drastically impede them. Um, top of the round is Reginald. You've just missed with your attack of opportunity. Uh, the creatures are fleeing. Oh, man, that's Reginald's favorite time in combat. 
He just yells, for victory! Uh, and he charges in. It's the only heroic moment of the whole thing, but this is his usual style. Uh, he is going to cast a, a blood rite. So he can... A crimson rite is what it's called. So he sacrifices uh, D8 of his own health. No, seven. All right, that was a high price, but hey, we, we do what we got to do. Um, Sounds like 14. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he is going to add even addition, uh, additional fire damage to his weapon. He gets to do that until cool. he basically sets it down or takes a rest. Yep. Uh, it's, it's He can just kind of like juice it. So he's just going to charge uh, the closest one and and throw down. That's that's his game plan. Sure. Sounds good. Um, and if they're in the mass, then yeah, he just wants to get in the middle so he can like smash one. And if somebody else tries, you know, set himself up for an attack of opportunity while they run. Would he go after fresh ones or injured ones? Oh, injured ones. This guy knows what he's doing. He's okay. yep. he's he's not here for actual glory. He's here for credit. It's a different thing. <laughs> All right. His first attack is a 24 to hit. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Wah, wah. And that will be doing... Okay, let me do some quick math here. Okay, that will be doing nine regular damage and 17 fire damage. Okay. It will not surprise you to know. There are, there are screams of, of horror from, from the goo. Um, so, uh, yes, one of them, uh, that will do it for one of them. Great. His next attack is a 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, not good in actual combat sometimes. Very good at running down fleeing enemies. He has a lot of practice of this. Go Horde. Well, um, you know, they say that you know, your worst enemy is yourself, and he knows from running away. So, like, he's he's got this. <laughs> Thank God he has an ability with a great weapon to reroll his damage die if it's only a one or a two. Hmm. Uh, so he is doing 14 regular damage with that one and 12 additional fire damage. Okay. Uh, another one drops. Great. Uh, and that was him moving and attacking. So Reginald is just in a cutting down the fleeing enemy murder spree. Yeah, what are those those two attacks look like, Ryan? Uh, those attacks, those are just him coming in. And it's you guys don't get a lot of opportunities to see Reginald actually swing his weight around and realize that he is as capable, if not perhaps slightly more than Butthole in close combat. Butthole is like a guy mm. who throws down with magic powers Reginald has a shitload of fire on a very heavy hammer that he is coming in and he is just hammering people into the floor. So it like starts out in a chest hit, but he's like tripping them, knocking them down with the hammer and pulping a torso with one and then just back swing up and decapitate the next guy with the hammer. It's big and it's incredibly ugly. Nice. Um, that is the- <laughs> terrifying. like i always just find like uh, there's something about like physically large combatants moving with like incredible grace and speed that's just like oh you got no hope like a guy that size is just like nimble you're fucked (laughs) that's that's the ball game uh all right quinny uh yeah if they're running i will actually run up and do some melee attack as well i've been trying to stay at range just because they had numbers on us but if we've kind of routed them and they're they're on the retreat yeah I'll, I'll go for the closest one to the group who's f- 
furthest from the door, so to speak. Yeah, you've got, to... so there's four that were engaging <coughs> in your melee at the door. Um, and then there's the one inching away from Juniper very slowly. Uh, I think Juniper can probably grab that one if it's I slow. I think so, so too. Yeah, yeah. We'll try and <laughs> spread this out and make the most of our advantage here. So I'll, I'll run down one of the other ones and just try to uh, stab them stab them in the back if they... Yeah, there's still enough. Uh, there's enough dwarf corpse enough that they're driving around. Humanoid you, shape? Yeah, you can see a back. Okay. You can see a, a large enough slab of, of flesh that is not looking in your direction to assume it's a back, no matter if it was a front previously. It doesn't really matter. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's not a great roll. Uh, so that's going to be a total of 15 to hit. 15 will do it. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, I did not... I was not able to recharge my poison. Uh, so mm. we're just doing 2d6 here. 6 plus 7... Uh, 13. 13? Okay. Yeah. Uh, not enough, unfortunately, without Radiant or Fire. Ah, well... But uh, definitely the thing is looking very badly, very badly injured as it okay. continues to All right. <laughs> panic, well, flee. If it continues to run, I think that gives me an attack of opportunity because I ran up on it. You are correct. <laughs> um, great. Uh, that brings us to Juniper. Inchworm, be inchin. Inchworm is still in the moonbeam though, right? Yes. Yeah. So the thing is, it takes an action for me to move the moonbeam, so I can't actually like attack it without stepping into my It is also going very slowly. Beam. If you wanted to move the moonbeam, like this thing isn't. But it's not going control. to escape. Oh. I mean, it could. You never know. Ooh, but it probably won't. <laughs> okay. Um, Quinny's engaged with one of them, or did he just disengage? Yeah, one of them. The the one that's straggling behind, second most after. So that okay. would mean there are three that are unengaged from that mob, one that is engaged with Quinny, and then there's Inchworm. Okay. Uh, I will uh, then use my action to move the Moonbeam uh, to encompass the three that are not engaged and yep. try to do some damage there. Hopefully. Con save 16, BB. Uh, one of them saves, two of them don't. Okay, so 15, a.k.a. 30 Ooh. radiant damage on the ones that don't save. for some of you, but also correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then 15 on the one that saved. Um, okay, great. So that will annihilate uh, those, those three. I also yes. think uh, my math was a bit fucky on this, so there's probably one extra one kicking around that shouldn't be, so... <laughs> Suffice to say, uh, in a, a, a you know the blast of the moonbeam um, kind of rolls in between Reginald's attacks. Um, Quinny's in there stabbing. A butthole is just standing there with tiny buttholes flying around him. Um, and then uh, you know, just as you you roll back to join the group, Juniper, you just do like a no look uh, over the shoulder pistol shot yes. into uh, into Inchworm, um, and uh, you yeah. find yourselves uh, victorious in the boss room. Uh, that had no boss in it, uh, in terms hmm. of like no living boss RPG mechanics, but a a if a boss uh, so, is there. So Butthole turns around and just says, "All right, Juniper. So is yours still alive?" Uh, Juniper walks over and nudges it with her toe. Juniper, would uh, you have? I, I I narratively coup de grade it on your behalf. Would you have coup yeah. de grade it? Oh, she she agreed. I agreed. Yeah. 
Hell yeah. No. It's so it's, it's, it's dust. Is it dust? I mean, once you've nudged it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's dead. Oh, well, might have been good for us to be able to interrogate one of them, but I guess I have to read all this paper. Uh, well, <laughs> Poor Bungle. Hang on. The only one who can read Dwarven. Right, yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah, that is unfortunate. Just like, just walking up like Quinny's like, I'm helping. Here's a stack. Just like, read it, I guess. I'll go find more. Uh, but no, I'm going to go uh, Quinny jumps up on the desk where this, uh, this corpse is, and he's like, look at this guy. This is, uh, this is a Naka guy, and Reginald, you you read, you know, bad things, right, or whatever. I'm just going to pick up the skull and be like, here, talk to this guy. And I throw the skull at Reginald. <laughs> and I think Reginald was about to refuse, but he instinctively catches the skull and the ability kicks in. Like, he can't avoid it because he touched it. Nice. <laughs> just like fucking Rogue from the X-Men. Like, <laughs> yes. oh, no. So I should. <laughs> I okay. guess I can see the past now. <laughs> That is, oh God, uh, that is a 24 for his Grim Psychometry. Okay, and Ryan, we've talked about Grim Psychometry kind of at length at this point already, but is it, um, how targeted so, is it? Just to run for, so it recalls info about dark objects I'm touching or dark places I'm present in. So it always focuses on the darker aspect of history and it can, can convey images or history I wasn't previously, previously aware of on a higher role. So it's it's very much like did spooky shit happen? Yeah. If you roll high, maybe you see some of it up to DM. So you can't just be like, I touch everything in the room, and now I know the villain's plans. There's no story anymore. <laughs> yeah, discombobulate, and you just got it. You got the whole fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's him versus the bad guy's bedroom. He's like perfect. <laughs> I've touched okay. his bed. His mother never loved him, <laughs> but he oh. loved himself. A yeah. lot. Uh, yeah, don't, don't touch the sheets. Oh, no. Um, good for him. Yeah, good for him. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, I lay down in the bed. I'm pregnant now, but good for him. Yeah. It's not a dark fact. It's just a fact. Uh, I lay down in the bed, just a dust cloud. Oh, Wait, the sheets how, crunch. How many, how many dead goo monsters were in there? Um, all right, so I can use you, these sheets as a shield. Uh, you catch the skull and... Um, uh, just immediately, you're um, you get like assaulted with with images uh, from this guy, and I don't know if all of you have seen the cinematic masterpiece Ghost Ship, but uh, <laughs> there is a montage in that fucking movie that's just like fast action. Here's how everyone on the ship was an asshole to each other, and it is it's fucked up. It is a fucked up fast action. Like here's a bunch of bad stuff back to back to back to back to back, um, and that's kind of what you get. Butthole is just like a series of disconnected glimpses. Um, of uh, just like an extraordinarily handsome dwarf. Like he's just got like a bit of that John Ham vibe of like handsome to an almost uncomfortable degree. Um, and uh, the only thing that kind of mars this this physical beauty is there is a a conniving grin on his face um, that uh, you can actually see is keeping him apart from his peers. So despite his his you know like uh, objectively beautiful features, no one is talking to this guy, and there's just those moments of like, you know, you get glimpses of him being drastically apart 
from from I was gonna say, uh, Reginald is already strongly identifying with this this dwarf, <laughs> yeah, beautiful, yeah, ignored by others. It's the Reginald story all over again. Yeah, well, that's not so far off um, because you're you're seeing um, just like glimpses of that, and uh, you can almost taste the, uh, the 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 kind of bitterness uh, about um, being ex- excluded. Uh, despite your obvious brilliance. Um, and then uh, you see a uh, just a, a glimpse that that kind of turns your blood cold of um, an imperious looking woman uh, whose uh, features are are unmistakably like nobility of a car. Um, and just kind of like, uh, you know, um, a little bit like a, you know, a Darth Vader or a Krennic leading a bunch of stormtroopers into into a situation, just like soldiers of a car in, again, very archaic gear, but very clearly the, the black and gold um, that you're so familiar with, uh, just kind of like marching in in lockstep in and like subduing um, uh, dwarves kind of left and right. Um, and... Uh, you see uh, Gulper uh, bow low uh, to to her, um, and uh, um, just kind of like um, uh, think uh, like a, a, a bit of like an Eartha Kit as Catwoman kind of vibe of just like that that imperiousness that's like alarming, kind of like no matter where she is, it feels like a palace. That kind of um, sort of like look and slight nod to um, uh, to him, and he rises. Uh, turns and just like immediately points uh, at a guy. And you can see that the dwarves are all very confused. There's like mass confusion going on. Um, Reginald, I think to you, this would very much read as um, uh, people who are are not only unprepared for combat, but like are, are clearly soft enough that the idea of combat has literally never crossed their brains. Hmm. Like uh, an armed force is coming in. They're not even fleeing. They're just kind of like taken off guard and and confused there's a lot of people holding little uh those little like uh tin cups you saw um there's just a lot of general confusion uh and they're the the person who's clearly wearing kind of an overseer's outfit similar to what you've seen on the wall um uh just kind of gestures broadly and like uh the the fuck you talking about um and he's very clearly yelling something at this woman um and uh she just like shakes her head and two soldiers walk forward and just immediately eviscerate this guy just like cut him down um and they yank the uh the sort of like uh very imperious chain off his neck um and put it around your neck um and uh immediately kind of like point further into the mine um and you sweep forward just like clapping your hands uh and you just get glimpses of like ordering of executions and um just kind of general like the excluded guy who thought he was smarter than everyone is now important and the cost that that has um, as, uh, as things are, are ground down. Um, and the last image you get is of um, a, uh, a, a dwarf with just kind of like a, a like a truly um, like heroically scraggly beard, like just, just a, a proper, like, takes a lot for a dwarf to look like a hippie, but like, man, this guy fucking figured it out. Um, super scraggly beard, big kind of unkempt hair, a um, uh, bit of a Karl Marx vibe uh, to him. Um, and he, uh, 
you can just see him um, like he's clearly he's on a literal soapbox, uh, just like yelling something to the crowd. Uh, and you the last kind of glimpse you get is um, your own perspective kind of turning, gesturing broadly um, and then like pointing to him uh, and two car guards rushing forward and crucifying this guy as he's gesturing broadly, just like <laughs> jamming blades through his hands, pinning him to a <sighs> wall. Um, and slashing his throat. And the last image you get is a slight spray of blood in your own face um, standing near there that you can taste in your mouth as as Gulper, the man you are you are embodying, uh, grins at, uh, at the death of, of this man before turning towards his office just slightly to the left. And the last image you get is just kind of sweeping into your office. Yeah, so he catches the skull, lives through all of these moments, and then projectile vomits onto Quinny. Just catch spray immediately back. And he's like, oh, that, that guy was not, oh, not very nice. They call those good days for the horde, but they end with a lot of crying, barfing, and PTSD. Quinny spits to just kind of clear his lips cleans out his eyes you know the corners of his eyes where the vomit is collected <coughs> and says uh <clears throat> so uh you saw something huh yeah that guy killed a lot of people to get in charge of this place he was kind of a weird genocidal monster i don't think he cared for unionizing from what i see seemed like a real problem when this guy he, didn't uh, even like unions okay well then this place is insane i did you see anything about the black goo I did not see so much about the black goo as much as I did. Just a collection of eviscerations and uh, crucifixions and all of that kind of stuff. Hence, I'm going to need a new lunch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Quinny is uh, now grabbing at the, I think, what were like fairly fine robes of this uh, mm-hmm. fancy corpse. He's just kind of pulled them off. The guy and is just toweling down his face and chest. Uh, you know. Good old-fashioned dead man's Running towel, it in, you know, you know running it running through his ears a little kind of thing. Um, getting all that <laughs> nasty puke out of his uh, face. Um, and he says, uh, well, so what was the deal with the, the little squiggly guys? And like, that was, that was your dad's goo, right? Like goo monster that like took over his body when he died. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So what happened with the goo here? Because I, okay, so in my world, the goo was kept inside like a glass carrying case and daddy would talk to it. uh, And if you got too close, he would hit you. But I don't know what it did. It came out of him when he was dead. Well, you know, let me tell you what he did, okay? It like hung out on a sword that he tried to kill me with. uh, And then when he died, it like jumped off the sword, kind of, and then just sort of amalgamated into his body. He got huge. He got ripped. Uh, it scared the shit out of me. I, I had to get out of there. And I don't know. He was, what did he say? He said something like, fine, it's yours or something. Like, like he talked to it. Like he had a deal or something. I don't know. 
Okay, so this some of it had a deal, so this has got to be like leftovers or like something. Butthole is just over at the table, just like praying. He's surrounded by mini buttholes that are still floating because the Hammer Guardians last like 10 minutes. So they're also picking up pages and just like moving them around. Not necessarily helpfully, but just like a lot of humming and like a lot of like there's no sound, but just doing those poses and like moving around this as the rest spin, just kind of watching. And he's letting this conversation happen. Uh so maybe this is like more, maybe the goo is in the rat things, and it turns out there's no zombies. This is all just goo related. Maybe it was the king of the goos. It seems like it's goo driving around different bodies and stuff, but. Yeah, I mean, rather than king of the goos, it almost seemed like baby goo. Oh, I no, mean, I meant maybe maybe the one Archibald had on his oh, sword. yes. Like yes. this world's daddy. Maybe that was king of the goo, and this is just like a goo farm. Maybe they have I mean, goo that eggs. Shit yeah, because that, like that other level. goo was like, Seemed yeah, you were there, yeah. Intelligent. Yeah, this yeah. This goo, I mean, they're kind of doing pointless things, these dwarves, so this they? Is, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's really like doing a, work, right? Maybe it's like a contract thing, you know. I mean, we, I've dealt, you know, in infernal contracts before, and, you know, maybe they were beholden to stick around or something. They love this guy, and I stick my thumb out at a now headless, naked, desiccated corpse. Like they were, they were all about this guy. Some of them. Yeah, but see, the only thing that he really had going for him was that he was super handsome, and so am I. And they still tried to fight me. Well, no, look at the skull on your hands. He's not handsome anymore. There's something else going on there. Oh. Well, hang on. Is any of this like an important sign of office? And I like look at like he had like rings all over his fingers and stuff, right, Tom? Did he have a? And he had something around his neck too, the chain. Yeah. Yeah. So like, does any of this mean like? The chain, important. the chain has the same icon as uh, the little cups and the other, like, it's almost like a corporate logo. So, Reginald, mm-hmm. looking at it, and Butthole for that matter, this isn't an Akka thing. This is just what you've seen elsewhere in the mine. All um, right, I got, a, I got a weird idea, says Reginald. Butthole's still flipping through pages, just kind of listening, but he's focused his his otherworldly powers on trying to find if there's anything useful. So here's what I'm thinking, Quinny. If they cared about that guy, what if... We put you in the dead naked guy's clothes and then put the necklace on you and give you his hat or whatever. And then you pretend to be him and see if you can command the goo. I'll take the hat and the necklace, but I just wiped your puke off with this nasty, gross robe. So, Well, I mean, if you're trying to impersonate a police officer, you don't just take the badge and the hat and cut your losses on the uniform. You got to put it on or people know that it's not the real thing. Put on a police uniform that's eight times your size. And covered in vomit. Yes, yeah. we've all done infiltration missions before. Well, why don't you wear it then? You got more in common with him than I do, right? You're a handsome guy, right? Yeah, but I'm I, no, no, no. He's a dwarf, so it'll be way too short on me. You're you're closer in height. Oh yeah, he is a dwarf, so he's not actually that that big on me. Sorry, I forgot that. Um, no, no, no. He's he's a lot broader than you. But we could maybe take one of the the suits of armor, one of the archaic ones from next door, jam it under there. Then, bam, you'll be like a little fat dwarf. This all seems like it's undermining my extremely high ability to be sneaky, and now making me the center of attention with bulky armor. I'm also. Are we sure we want to do this? Yeah, I mean. How about you, Juniper? Do you want to take a crack at it? Um, oh yeah, you could. Change you, you could even like change your face I could. and stuff. I feel like Echo's got to get along with the goo if any of us are going to. We're in a terrifying underground yeah. mine. We've got a psychopath's costume and a bunch of goo that's apparently looking for, like, a father figure. Well, you think, yeah, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust Grandpa Echo. Warwick, so, I, yeah, I, mean, I think Echo <laughs> could definitely wear it. 
all right. Uh, I don't know if you got any, you know, magic for this, but this is a vomit-covered robe. I don't know if you can change that, but there you go. I, I, no. No, well, all right. <laughs> Juniper kind of holds it up and, like, kind of beats it with the sword to try to, like, get <laughs> so the chunks at least to fall off. Sure, you successfully de-chunkify the robe. <laughs> if, if you rub it on some of the dead ash people, maybe it'll all kind of flake off. You gotta let it. You gotta let the barf dry out first. As a guy who's barfed on a lot of things and had to hide it from his dad, let me tell you, you need some sawdust or some sand, and then you don't get hit as much. <laughs> Reginald also worked over in theme to a parts. Pile of, <laughs> the pile of ash where the three of them <laughs> three oh of died, God. and like pick it up and like scatter it over. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the ash will absorb some of the vomit. All right, uh, Juniper, roll me a <laughs> elementary hand. school janitorial what check. Am I rolling? Sorry, sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. <laughs> or athletics, okay, if you tw- just want to. Like... <laughs> oh, it's a twelve. All right, it's oh, it's fine. You athletic. succeed. <laughs> 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 just just roll above a one. All right. Uh, I mean. Can I stay in my chair or do I need to be like full echo? Well, I imagine if you, he seemed to sit in a chair. Did they, was he in the chair when you puppeted him around, Quinny, or did you make yeah. him stand up and like do a dance? No, no, I like moved his hand. That's about all I did. Yeah, you're probably good in the chair then. This right. guy seems like a chair guy. Perfect. <laughs> Juniper <laughs> becomes echo <laughs> and the creepy little girl dons the weird. <laughs> Vomit covered. <laughs> it's not vomit covered anymore. Now it's ash covered. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Ashy covered. <laughs> I don't. Weird dead guy's suit. And the yeah. and the necklace. And he puts and the that hat. On you. And the oh. And this oh, weird and the hat. Rings. Oh, yep. We got to get oh, the yeah. rings too. Quinny, you're gonna have to hand over the rings. That's fine. Oh. Uh, yeah. Gather them up. You said there was like an obscene number of rings on this guy's hands. There right? truly are. Yes. Yes. Right. Like Mr. T would look at this amount of rings and be like, that's too many rings. All right. So Echo, put on as many here as you can manage. We can pocket okay. the rest and maybe they'll fetch us some decent coin. Um, and Laura, can you roll me a D6? Yes. One. Okay. Um, Echo's fingers are very small. There are many rings. It is. <laughs> it is an embarrassing like jangly stack uh but uh this my friends is the tale of how truly echo became the lord of the rings <laughs> this episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped. Time was a tennis ball we could bat round the court. Time for distraction too. Time to just sink to the bottom. Time to get to the meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're so excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so... We're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely and without interrupting their performance, point is, now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.